The Live with Squacky podcast is sponsored in part by Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver and Antland Productions. Hi, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Live with Squacky. I'm your host, Val Kelly, otherwise known as Squacky Voice. Today, my special guest is Mike Payne. Mike is a 30-plus year veteran voice talent. He's completed thousands of successful projects, and work he has voiced has had well over 60 million views on YouTube. Mike is currently programming two radio stations, in addition to a whole bunch of other things, which I'll let him tell you about. Mike and I connected on Twitter. Gosh, I actually think it's been a few years ago now. He's always very positive, inspiring, and supportive. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today, Mike. You're welcome, Val, and it's great to be here with the Queen of Interviews. (laughs) Aw, thanks. Can you start out by telling us how you got started in the voiceover industry? I got started back in 1987, I'm showing my age here, and uh, (laughs) by cold calling video production companies and cable television companies and anybody who I thought could, and this is from a 17-year-old kid doing this, by the way, I just thought of doing this on my own, and I got a lot of no's because I was 17 and didn't know what I was doing, but I got one guy who took a chance on me, and he worked for a cable television station in suburban Dallas, Texas, where I was living at the time. And he invited me over. He was a musician, a producer. He was a genius. And he had me record a few uh, ads for them. And I still have them today. And they ran on cable TV in 87. And that's where I got my start. And my first gig and my first paid gig were all the same from him. It was for a Mexican restaurant, a printing, uh, like a copy printing company, and a couple other little things. And then I went to uh, the local PBS station when they were doing their uh, fundraising. I voiced a lot of their prize packages when they showed them on the air. So I did that. And then from there, it took off. I got into radio in 1988 and still doing both today, still doing voice acting and radio today. And I say the rest is history and been doing it ever since. Wow, that's such a great start, Mike. It's so exciting that you've been able to be so successful all of these years. It's fun. Even now, I have a big smile on my face just talking about it. Some people just say they love what they do. I really actually love what I do every single day. (laughs) I would never do anything else. I don't want to do anything else. This is fun. Yeah, it's totally fun. I agree with you. I'm always so happy when I'm in my booth recording, whether it's for this, you know, or if I'm doing auditions or whatever. It's great. It makes me so happy. Anybody that wants to do this, you know, that's not the route to take because it's not 1987 anymore, but... You can do it. Whoever you are and wherever you go, you can do it. It's possible. If a 17-year-old kid like me can do it, anybody can do it. It's true. For sure. Why do you think editing is so important to being successful in voiceover? I think it's important, Val, because a lot of people that just get started kind of overlook that part of it. And I think that's key. I mean, a lot of times you're going to have to edit your own material, whether it's for your own demos or whether it's for a client. Or you'll have a client that'll just give you a call or an email saying, I need a sample for my client by 3 p.m. And if you don't know how to edit, you can't depend on a third party to do that for you all the time. Uh, So you should really know how to brush up on your editing skills, whatever software you use, Adobe or whatever, Audacity even, whatever you use, you should brush up on it and practice, 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 and then practice again and keep editing until you're really, really good at it. Because that's going to take you a long way in voice acting for sure. I agree with you. I think that's so important. When I started, I had no idea what I was doing as far as editing goes. I'm not a very technical person. So like I can do the audition. I'm an actor. I can perform it for you. But the technical side just really threw me off. And then 
when this pandemic hit, I had to really upgrade my equipment and really up my skills and take some more training with like Uncle Roy to get my Adobe Audition skills under control for editing. And I started booking a lot more stuff. I've been in the industry for a long time. It was long overdue for me to update my skills. And so that is definitely one of the first things I think that people have to do before they even, before they start auditioning even, just know how to edit because you're really not going to book things if your auditions have bad quality, basically. Right. And learn to be comfortable with not only hearing yourself, but editing yourself. That's another key. And I'm self-taught on Adobe Audition. I had no teacher. I taught myself to do it 10 years ago. So that'll tell you you how far I've come and how far you're able to go. And I don't recommend teaching yourself because Adobe Audition has a lot of tricks to it and intricacies (laughs) like like every software program does. But that's a huge thing. I mean, uh, speed, not just being fast, but knowing the things that'll make your life so much easier in editing. I mean, like taking out breaths, adding breaths, stretching things, whatever it is, it makes life so much easier and I can get a lot more done. And that way we can all get more gigs under our belt, make a lot more money, which is also a good thing. Yeah, that is definitely a good thing. And there's so many great people out there that can help if you're a voice actor or you're getting into the industry and you're not sure how to do Adobe Audition, which is probably what I recommend because it's what I use. I did start out on Twisted Wave. That's what I used for probably good 10 years out of my career so far. I used Twisted Wave and it's not bad. It's a good program, you know, as long as you know how to do the basics on it. It was good enough for me to book work. But I would say if you really want to up your skills, Adobe Audition is, in my opinion, the way to go. And there's, like I said, people like Uncle Roy who can teach you the ins and outs and he can set it up for you. And he calls it like his life-changing Adobe Audition class. And (laughs) it really is because taking a two-hour session with him is like, oh my gosh, I understand what I'm doing now for the most part. And then, of course, there's more tips and tricks that he can teach. So I would definitely recommend him as far as if you're looking for somebody to help you get started or help you fine-tune your skills. And of course, there's tons of other people as well, but I just like working with him. So I agree. I learned a lot from Uncle Ray myself. Yeah, he's really great. I always say that patience, persistence, and positivity are the three Ps. Why are these three Ps so important for advancing your voiceover career? Well, number one, let's take patience. If you're patient, you're going to be okay because if you expect to walk in, buy a microphone and a software program and start doing gigs for Disney, that's not going to happen in two days. It's just not. I don't mean that to sound like it's being tough on people, but you have to be realistic with your expectations. You have to be willing to be patient and it's okay to do a fan dub or something for fun if you're just getting started. It's okay to do a little project for a friend. That helps you get experience. That's okay. And then the better gigs will come. And that's where persistence comes in. So when you're persistent without being annoying, that's the key. (laughs) So you've got to be, it's a a fine line you got to balance between being super aggressive and overly obnoxious to people and like calling them and emailing them 10 times a day to, I'm really here. I want to do this. What will it take for me to do this for you? And positivity, well, I don't know anybody who's more positive than you, Val, but I'm pretty (laughs) positive myself. You are. I try to see the positive things in life overall and voice acting too, because, you know, there's a lot of negativity in a lot of areas in life and some in voice acting, unfortunately, but I steer clear of that. I don't get into the drama. I don't get into this person does this and that person does that. There's so many gigs for so many people 
I think there's room for everybody to have a successful career. I really believe that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it is really easy to fall into that, especially on social media, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But like, I think it's so easy when you're surrounded by a lot of people that are negative. It's easy to fall into that and go like, oh, man, and pull yourself down, you know. But that's just all part of thinking about who am I connected with? Who do I want to surround myself with? Are these positive people who have a positive outlook on whatever it is and know that whatever happens is for a reason, you know? I think that's really, really important for people to think about is because if you have negative people in your life, if you allow them in your life, they're just going to drag you down. So that positive mindset is just so important. It's really, really important for people to keep that in mind when they're doing anything, voiceover or anything that they decide to do. Right. And I always say this too, uh, be aware of what's going on, but don't be consumed by it as far as the negative stuff. Be knowledgeable, know what's going on, but don't let it ruin your entire day. Those who follow you on Twitter know that you love soup. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Why do you love it so much? And what's your favorite type of soup? Well, I could fully admit here that I do have a problem. I have a soup (laughs) problem. A persistent problem that I can't solve because there are so many great soups in the world. My favorite type of soup probably is spicy tofu or spicy ramen right now is a favorite, but I love pretty much any soup, broccoli cheddar or beer cheese or lobster bisque or French onion or... One year when uh, we barbecued a turkey for Thanksgiving because it was warm enough, some of the leftover grilled turkey, my wife made a grilled turkey soup out of it. So that was amazing. So you name it, I've had it or tried it. And if it's out there, I'm willing to try whatever it is. (laughs) So yes, I have a problem with soup. (laughs) A good problem. Do you make soup yourself or does your wife make soup or do you guys make yourself or are you just really into like buying different types of soup? All of the above. My wife does make soup. We get soup from all different kinds of places and various sources and restaurants. Well, when we can get to restaurants, yeah. So uh, I just like soup a lot. I don't know. It just it happened <laughs> to be a thing. I don't know how it happened. It just happened. <laughs> That's funny. What have some of the highlights of your voiceover career been so far? Well, there's been a lot of things. I've lost count. I know it sounds silly, but I've done probably well north of 25,000 gigs or more, something like that. Wow. Over the long term, some of the favorites, I'm the voice of the interactive media for a Normandy D-Day tour between each stop on their vans. They have an educational part where before the next stop, I'll explain over the video of archival footage what's going on for the next stop. And I love that because the guy who runs that tour, Andy, was a passion project of his. This is his company, and he lives and breathes what he does every day. And even now, I'm getting emotional talking about it because I just love doing that. That's probably my favorite. I just did one not too long ago, a few months ago, for a uh, resort marine aquarium near Hong Kong, and it's the Dolphin Show announcements. And I just thought that was so cool. I just always wanted to do something like that for like a SeaWorld type of thing, and I did. So yeah, there's one off the bucket list. Uh, the best game I've ever done is uh, a game called Bounty Hunt. It's kind of an Old West shootout kind of game, and that has over half a million downloads. It's closer to a million now, I think. But And there's a lot of other things, but those are the ones that come to mind off the top of my head. Oh, those are great. Wow, that's really exciting. It's fun, and I get a big smile on my face just talking about it. <laughs> that's great. What are three goals that you have for yourself to accomplish in your voiceover career over the next few months? 
I think I've gotten into this a little bit because I have a client that wanted me to do this and I started doing it more and more and just for this one client. But I think adding grammar and or script editing to my repertoire as a service for everyone more than just the one client, I think would be helpful for me because I think that goes a long way in breaking down the uh, language barriers between because a lot of us work with other countries, whether it's uh, South Korea or China or Japan or wherever in Europe or anywhere in the world, they need help with that. And I think as English-speaking voice actors, if we can help with that skill to add into your back pocket to offer as a service, and that'll make you more valuable over other voice actors who may not want to do that or may not be able to do that. So that's one. Two, like you were mentioning before, get involved more in social media. I'm only on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And uh, by the way, my Twitter handle is at Mike Payne Show. That's it. And I probably should be more interactive, like you said. I agree with you with that. And when things get back to normal, I think get more local gigs. I'd love to hit some more local studios and try my hand at that because uh, it's funny because I'll have a client who will do something through a studio in Chicago where I live. And it's like, well, I could have just gone right to them, and I, but that's fine. But I'd like to have more local contacts if that's possible. So I think that's three. That's <laughs> great. Those all sound really attainable too. That's awesome. Yeah. If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Kind of torn on this one, I guess. I'd want to teleport because I'd want to see more of the world. And then the work side of me wants to clone myself so I can have my clone do all my voice work 24-7 and I can just have <laughs> soup the rest of the day. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> I didn't think about the cloning one. Oh, gosh, that would be great. Although I'm not actually sure that the world could handle more than one of me, but like... Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> You could have everyday Val and Super Val. And you could, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. I feel like I need like five or six, though, to run all the stuff that I'm trying <laughs> to do, you know? Like one of them is like the one who handles my kids, and then the other one handles my husband. Or maybe it could be the same one, but probably not. And then <laughs> another one we to clean, and another one to run Mavo, and another one to do the voiceover work, and another one to teach. I just need six, six of me. You could, fine. you could have a yeah. staff of Super Vals. Yeah. That'd be great. We all need a staff of super us, don't we? <laughs> yeah. That would be great. That would be nice. But then I don't know what my me as myself would do. I would just like sit back and watch TV, I guess, or go to the gym or something. <laughs> you would direct the rest of the vows to do stuff for you. Right. <laughs> it's fun to think about, actually. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite travel destination when we're allowed to travel and why? Well, since I'm Greek, I love Greece. I haven't been for a very long time and I'd love to go back there. I just love it there and it would be fun to visit. And my mom and my brother are in Vegas, so I always love going there because it's fun and there's so many great places to eat there. Oh my gosh, the restaurants are out of control. Amazing. And probably a third, I'd like to go to Japan because I see so many videos and cool stuff about Japan. I've always wanted to go and I think I want to go there someday too. That would be fun. Yeah, those all sound like great places. I haven't been to Greece before, but I definitely want to go someday when it's safe to go. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. If you could have dinner with anyone, and this could be somebody that's living or not, <laughs> who would it be right. and what would you talk about? Well, I'm thinking about this right now, and I think it would be you and everybody at Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver when we could do this in person, because I would love to just share all the stories in person. And it just looked like so much fun from the years past. And I'd love to go do that. I think that would be a blast, honestly. And if it was possible, that would be take the show on the road and do like a Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver countrywide and even in the UK, because there's so many of our VoiceOver friends are in the UK and wherever else they are. I yeah. just think that'd be fun. That would be great, actually. Take it on the road. <laughs> oh. That would be great. For the future. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> 
Well, you had the chance to attend Mini Mavo 2020 this year, and what did you think of it? I think it was actually really well done, and uh, there were no glitches. Everybody was super professional and courteous and great, and you ran a tight ship in a good way, which is, you know, you didn't just let it get out of control, because I'm just going to say, I've seen other online things that kind of got people talking over each other, and you couldn't really get much out of it, and that didn't happen here, and everybody was great. I learned a lot, and I wish I could learn more, but I know you're going to have a way for us to see what we missed for everybody that either couldn't go or didn't get to attend all the uh, sessions. Yeah, so everything that we recorded will be available on reattendance, and all the attendees received information about that, but it's also available to purchase access to it for anyone who didn't attend the event in the first place. So yeah, so that information is out and it was great. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I'm so glad you were able to attend. I'm glad too. I mean, not under ideal circumstances, but given what we have to work with, with the way things are out there, I think it was amazing and it turned out really great. And that was the first one. I can't wait for the next one. Oh yeah. Thanks. I'm really excited too. What are your favorite social media platforms and how do you use them to advance your voiceover career? Since I'm only on Twitter and LinkedIn, I don't have much to say about LinkedIn because I haven't really gotten much traction out of LinkedIn because I'm not on it very much. But Twitter is my main bread and butter because that's the only thing I do. And I should do more like I spoke about earlier. But I've actually found a few uh, decent jobs and ongoing jobs from Twitter. And people would probably dismiss that going, you can't find real jobs on Twitter. No, that's not true. You can find real jobs on Twitter, whether it's a student project all the way up to big studios are looking for people through Twitter. So if you search Twitter, if you search the words voice casting call or VO casting call and sort by latest, you'll find dozens of stuff to audition for every day. And I do that. I retweet as much as I can and like as much as I can when I find them. But If you do that on your own, it's real easy to find stuff like that. I've found good stuff there, actually, so games and whatnot, so it's possible. That's one thing I need help with is social media. I think something going forward, I think I'm going to have to jump into the modern era and get into Insta and you know, Facebook and all that. We'll have to do like a Zoom tutorial for you. Like we'll do a call someday and I'll help you get set up on Instagram and teach you how to do all that. Uh, Facebook, I don't know if we need to bother with that. But. <laughs> well, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty on the fence about that. But yeah, I can just do Insta and I'll just bore people with my suit pictures. <laughs> you could have, it's cool though, because like with Instagram, because it's all visual, people love that kind of stuff. You know, you can get really creative with it and then you just have to kind of have like a pattern to your page. Is it going to be all soup? Is it going to be like some (laughs) soup and some of you eating soup? Or is it going to be some of you, some soup, and then some of you in your booth, like doing voiceover work or whatever you want to have it be as, or your family or whatever, you know, I think it helps if you have a strategy behind it. It definitely helps to build your followers and things like that. It's much harder to build your following on Instagram than it is to build your following on Twitter. I think you still have to have a strategy on Twitter, but it's a bit a bit less of a strategy than you have to have on Instagram, if that makes sense. Yeah, because Twitter is yeah. not all visual, even though it's a lot visual, but it's not all visual. Instagram, yeah. Yeah, it's all visual. But yeah. Twitter, depending on which kind of, if you're doing a personal Twitter page, you kind of have to find a balance between being a nonstop marketing machine and a real person. And if all you do is on your personal page, if all you do is I'm selling a book, I'm selling a car, I'm selling all this, and people get, they tune right out. But if you're a real person and you're like, well, I had soup for lunch, and by the way, I'm a voice actor, and by the way, I have this great conference coming up, and people will, like what you do is perfect. I mean, you're a real person and you post real pictures and real things and positive thoughts, and you know, that's why we all love you, Val. Aw, thanks. (laughs) 
Well, I love our Twitter thing that we have that you do every Friday where you do like the follow Friday or just shouting out all the, our voiceover group. I love that. That's so nice and it's so positive and everyone really, I think, feels motivated and excited about that. We have something to look forward to every Friday. So that's really cool that you do that. What I do is, for those of you who don't know, I have a very select group of special superstar friends that are voice actors and I post a follow Friday song on Friday, just to get everybody ready for the weekend and kind of just be happy about it. And I try to pick a different song every week. So that's what I do. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that and you'll see all the lovely comments that everybody makes. Yeah, it's great. We have a really good, that's a really good time. I love that. Yeah. And it kind of ties in music, which is great too. Yeah. And it's all over the world, different music, all different kinds of music. Could be anything. (laughs) Well, we have to get going, but thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today, Mike. It's always great to catch up, and I wish you the happiest of holidays with your family and tons of continued success in your voiceover career and everything you do. Thank you, Val, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you again, and I'm always willing to talk to you whenever you want, and uh, happy holidays to you and your family, and try and get some rest. You're the hardest working person in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Live with Swacky is mixed and mastered by everybody's favorite voiceover tech, Uncle Roy Yokelson of Antland Productions. Live with Squacky was recorded from my awesome home studio on the East Coast. Oh, oh.